Evening, friends. Get enough to eat? No, I like the honesty. I like that. That's good. Let's talk after the service and uh, see what we can do about that, all right? So, hey, my name is Dallas. If I haven't met you, I really would love the opportunity to meet you after the service and get to know you just a little bit better. Um, tonight, we're doing a couple different things. We're going to take it kind of in halves, or it's two halves here. We're going to first introduce a new sermon series that we're going to be in the next several weeks. And then after that, I have a church update to share with you guys. And Matt mentioned this on Sunday. It is a good update. So breathe easy, focus on the first part. Everything's good, all right? It's going to be a good update. So let me pray for us, and then we'll get started, all right? Father, I pray that you will, uh, pray that you will just keep us uh, unified as we move forward. I pray that you will just be all over these next steps. I pray that you'll be all over this next series. I pray that you'll protect our unity and our Sunday unity series just throughout that time. Help us to have tools to continue to step into the unity you desire for us. We love you very much. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so like I said, we're starting a new series. It's called Jesus in the Old Testament. And later... In the summer, we're going to go through the book of Hebrews, and we really believe that it's so important that we process through seeing Jesus throughout the Old Testament, because it's really important that we read the Old Testament through the proper lens, that we have to read the Old Testament with the lens of Jesus' death and resurrection and the fact that He is the Messiah and He is the fulfillment of those Old Testament scriptures. So we have to be able to understand that as we read, because if we don't, then we start to read with a heaviness, don't we? We start to think that it's to us to keep the law in order to get in good with God and all these different things. So we want to process through the Old Testament and how the Old Testament really is Christ concealed and the New Testament is Christ revealed. Now, when I went through uh, panic disorder, I've got, I told you guys this probably a hundred times you know, about my panic disorder, but... In 2016, when I went through it, I started to read the scriptures through this lens of all of a sudden having to earn things. And of course, one of two things is going to happen in that regard. One is, you're going to puff yourself up and say, well, against other people, I'm doing pretty good here. Or, you're going to undoubtedly eventually crumble under that heavy weight and that heavy standard. And so we can't put our faith in our own abilities. We have to put our faith in Christ. See, the same scriptures in the Old Testament testify to Christ in John 3, 17 that says that the Father did not send the Son to condemn the world, but that it might be saved through Him. Christ doesn't come to condemn, He comes to save. And everything in the scriptures points to Christ. And the Pharisees, man, they were the religious leaders. They knew the Bible, like the Old Testament, like none of us know it. I mean, really, like some of them had the whole Old Testament memorized. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that's pretty impressive. I mean, I don't know that I have a chapter in the Old Testament memorized, let alone the entire Old Testament. But what Jesus says in John chapter 5, verses 39 and uh, and 40, he says this. He says, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. See, they knew the scriptures, but they didn't understand what the scriptures were pointing to, or better stated, who the scriptures were pointing to. 
And it's not that Jesus is against us knowing the scriptures. In fact, he wants us to dive into the scriptures deeply. But we have to know that the whole thing, Old Testament or New, points to Christ. That will help us to understand things like the law. Understand things like God's promises. Because what will happen is, when we read those laws, we'll start to think that that that's how we earn righteousness. It's just how we are. I mean, it's how we grew up. Like, at an early age, we think we've got to behave well to earn things. So then we read the Old Testament, and we read about all these laws, and we start to forget the fact that God actually saved the Israelites out of captivity before he even gave the law. That's so important for us to recognize. He doesn't say, hey, if you guys can figure this out, I'm going to give you these laws, and if you guys can figure it out, then I'll think about freeing you. No, he frees them, and then he says, here's the best way to live into that life that I've given to you. This is a foreshadow. This is a glimpse into the coming Jesus. Jesus is where life is found. Faith in him, not faith in what we can do. And so I love in Luke chapter 24, where Jesus has resurrected. And I just find this part so interesting because... He shields himself from the disciples. Y'all remember this story? They're on the road and the disciples are, are really sad and everything because they don't know he's resurrected yet. And he disguises himself. And he's like, hey guys, what's, what's going on here? And they're talking about, man, how do you not know what's going on? Everybody's talking about this. I mean, we were just so like sad. You know, we were just like demoralized because we thought that this Jesus might be the one. He just might be the one. And Jesus is talking with them and engaging them. And in Luke 27, he does this so graciously. He says, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. I mean, he helps them to see that, hey, all this has been in God's plan. All this, this is what everything has pointed to. This moment in time, everything has pointed to this very moment. And you guys know Jesus' character, man. He, you had to know that he was so compassionate in this moment, wasn't he? I mean, he, he knew, he saw them mourning, he saw them despairing, he saw them devastated. So you imagine in this moment, even though he's disguised himself, he is uh, explaining to them why this had to happen and they can have hope. And maybe he talked about the Passover lamb. From Exodus 12, maybe he shared with them that there had to be a spotless, perfect lamb and that Jesus is that lamb. And the fact that now you have to no longer make a a perfect sacrifice because he is that perfect sacrifice. Or maybe he went into like Exodus 16 talking about manna from heaven and saying, yeah, actually, Jesus is that bread of life, that nourishment for your souls is found in Jesus and always will be, and you'll always have that nourishment for your soul. Or maybe he talked about Leviticus and how he is the perfect offering that's been made. We don't have to make those offerings to get in good with God. Or maybe he went into Deuteronomy 21 where he says uh, that that he is the one who is hanged on a tree and cursed by God. That this had to happen for their sake. Or how about Psalm 22, the direct quote, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That, that this was the way in which God's wrath would be absorbed on the cross. Or certainly Isaiah 53 that says, By his wounds we are healed. I mean, can you imagine this conversation with them? And they're saying, 
oh my goodness, we, we had lost all hope, right? We had lost all hope. And yet, now that we're seeing the scriptures the way that God always intended us for, to see the scriptures, now we're filled with such hope that everything that we could have ever hoped for it is in fact true because now we see the Bible through the lens that we ought to see it. Or maybe he went into Old Testament prophecy, which some of you guys like Steve in the back, man, you guys are like maybe prophecy nerds, man. Maybe some of them were that way too. And, the, and he explained to them, Daniel, the 69 times 7, that the, it was time that the Messiah was here. He helped them understand all these different things. And we're going to process through all these different things, not all of these different things, but a lot of these different things in depth so that we can see that everything has always pointed to him. And isn't that such good news, by the way? I mean, that's kind of the whole point here, isn't it? That this is good news. And when you start to take Jesus out of it, out of your reading, you no longer can say that this is good news. The best you could say is news, but really you're talking about bad news. You're talking about separation from God the Father for all time. But yet we never, ever have to read the Scriptures that way again. Because Christ has come. He has made a way for us to have right relationship with the Father. And He has defeated our greatest enemies, including death itself, forevermore. And that's good news. And that's why some of you maybe come in here tonight and you're, man, I, I read the Old Testament and I just, I, I, don't, I don't get it. And I'm just kind of maybe weighed down a little bit. Because we don't read through that lens of Christ's finished work. So we're going to take the next month or so. Uh, I don't know what it is. I think it's about a month. Um, we're going to take about a month and process through that. And then again this summer we're going to go through Hebrews, which points a lot to the Old Testament and Jesus in it as well. All right? Sound okay? All right. I know you guys are excited about the announcement. By the way, who raise your hand. Who doesn't know what the announcement is? Just curious. All right, cool. All right, so good. This is going to be worthwhile. All right, so let's pray and then we'll do that. Father, uh, we thank you that, that we can read the scriptures through the lens of good news. That there was never a need for us to have faith in our own finished work, that it is the finished work of Jesus Christ. And we're so thankful. I mean, help us protect our hearts. You know, give us that hedge of protection from the enemy when, when those schemes are present, you know, to try to, to make us feel like we got to earn something or to feel guilt and shame or whatever else and, and not point to Christ. Father, I pray in this moment that you will just reveal those things more clearly to us, just like you did in Luke 24, when you just so graciously explained the prophets, and explained the Old Testament starting with Moses all the way through. Just help us. Give us clarity. Give us understanding as we go through this next series. So we love you very, very much. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's talk about the church update. I told you guys it was good news, and it is. So we have been meeting for the last few weeks, elders and staff, um, about the possibility of adding to the existing kids' barn, as you can see right up here at front. Uh, tonight, I'd like to do a couple things. I'd like to explain the why, the purpose behind it, and then also get into some of the logistics of it thereafter. Uh, this edition is going to serve multiple functions and needs. Number one, uh, we're going to add classrooms that can better serve special needs students. 
Uh, it's been brought to our attention, especially the past few months, that there are many parents with special needs who uh, just don't feel comfortable coming to church in general, not just our church, but just in general, because they don't feel like churches um, can ad- adequately take care of and provide the needs of their special needs students. So we knew that that was a need that we needed to address, and we think that this addition will help with that because we don't have the margin or room in the existing kids' barn to do something like that. I mean, if you were here last Sunday, we had 130 kids in that kids' barn, and we just don't have room, really, honestly, to do what we're doing now, let alone add classrooms in different areas. So, uh, so that's number one. Number two, uh, safety. We're going to close in a fence from the ends of the building where kids will either be in that fenced-in area outside or they'll be in an area inside that has much more room for kids to do activities in. Uh, that way the pond isn't a concern, the road isn't a concern, and the public on a Wednesday night also isn't a concern. So kids will either be in that fenced-in area um, or they'll be in the new kids' barn area, which will be, bring peace of mind to the parents and also to the volunteers. Uh, number three, future church plants. Uh, the addition area would be large enough for future church plants to begin meeting there. Uh, as we grow a team, we think it's going to be a very natural transition to do it that way. It's an easy way for the church plant to grow, gain momentum, not be um, you know, taking on a mortgage or rent or things like that um, so that they can get started the right way and generate some momentum there. Uh, number four, uh, student wing area. Uh, it would be very beneficial for the students to have a larger area to meet because we're having 30 to 35 students um, on a Sunday and it feels like it's a bit cramped in there and we don't want that next generation especially to think there's not really room for them here. So this student wing will help us um, to prioritize that youth area as well. Uh, Number five, the building addition allows us to potentially stay one service for much longer. We've talked about priority of staying one service as long as we possibly can. It's not that we're opposed to two services, but uh, but th- this, this will help us at least have an option to maneuver some things around to where we can stay one service. So as it stands right now, we've really had to make one of two decisions. One is go two services so we can continue to grow or stay one service and really sacrifice any kind of growth at Grace Meadows and just focus on the church planning growth. But this will allow us to really stay one service and grow and focus on church planning as well. Number six, um, other uses, things like men's group, women's group, and plenty of other options. We want to maximize this space and not just have it sitting around. We want to create a space where events can happen in the community. Uh, Maybe things like we've talked about potentially doing like a homeschool co-op or different community events or, uh, or things that we can just generously steward to other groups and individuals. So there are many good things about this new addition, many new purposes as well, but let's get into some of the logistics of it. Uh, We're looking at an add-on. Go ahead and put that first slide up there, David, if you don't mind. We're looking at adding, if you see the left side here, this is kind of the existing kids barn right there on that left side, and then the addition is going to go towards the parking lot, about 40 feet out towards the parking lot, and then the long ways would go 96 going towards where you see the playground existing right now. Um, that's going to form somewhat of like an L shape. So we'll have that fence kind of meeting at the ends eventually. Um, 
let me talk about the upstairs portion of the addition. It's going to be about 40 by 52, and it's going to carry six additional classrooms. Dave, you want to throw that next one up there? Um, so as you see right here, there's six additional classrooms. Um, a couple of those would be devoted for that special needs group. Um, one of them is going to form like a, a cool-down type room, an area where... Um, you know, a, a kid can kind of like, you know, spend some time in calm and quiet and stuff like that and get ready to get back into the classroom. So one of those classrooms would be served for that specific purpose. We'd also have special needs. We would also likely move our potty training ages to some of these rooms because they have bathroom access, which will be huge for volunteers to not have to take kids all the way down to the bathroom and then come back. Um, so... So that's basically kind of the upstairs. Um, we're going to look at the downstairs as well. The downstairs is all open. Um, you're going to have a 40 by 96, and, and like I said, it's just going to be it's just going to be wide open. Um, a little more than half of that is going to be about 10 foot ceiling, um, and that has the upstairs that we just looked at, and then the rest of it is going to be open, kind of all the way up to the roof line. So. Um, that's going to allow us to be able to do things like, again, men's group, women's group, church plants. We're probably going to end up putting the stage there on one side so that, again, it's just a very natural transition. As there's momentum and different things, we can go ahead and say, let's start a church plant here. Or let's be generous to help out somebody else who's, who's gaining momentum or things like that as well. So I just think it's going to be a really um, good thing all in all. Now, let's talk financials. Um, with purchasing tables and chairs and everything involved, we're looking at a budget of around $400,000 to complete the project. Uh, that seems to be on the top end of what we think, and all of our elders and staff are on board with this figure and this next step. Uh, what we're hoping to do is this. We're setting aside $100,000 for the next church plant, the ASP church plant that we announced a couple months ago. Um, and with that, we're hoping to create a fund where we raise $100,000 towards this church addition. So that's kind of what we're wanting to do. And then the rest of it would come out of reserves as well. So uh, let me say, too, that um, we are, we, we got verification from Dan that we're at the, the end of our eighth year here. And we had a 10-year kind of agreement with Dan on the farm. Um, we are going to officially re-up for another 10 years. Um, so, we, yeah, absolutely. It's a great thing. Um, so that may, may have been one of the questions that you might have is what does that situation look like? So that will be another uh, 10 years. And I, haven't, I, I don't know totally if that means 10 tacked on to the end of our 10 or 10 currently right now, but we definitely have that 10-year at least agreement. So I'm sorry? 10 tacked on to the 10. So there you go, 12. That's what I'm talking about. It's good. Um, let me say, too, that we are still very engaged with church planning and excited about that next step. I can't be clear enough about that. In fact, this church edition is only going to help with that because we are a year to a year and a half, probably, from this ASP church plant being built. And we're hoping, potentially, that this edition would be about half that time, roughly. So if God you know, raises up momentum and leaders and stuff like that, like we'll be able to start that momentum actually quicker through this church edition, which will actually be very helpful. So I want to be clear, we're still very um, 
much involved there. So let me just sum up by saying this. I, I think my, fav- my two favorite parts of this is the church planning for years to come. We have this access here and then the special needs. Those two things I just think are going to be really, really good. Uh, fills a need that I think is very present that we've seen over the last several months especially. But to sum up some of the other purposes, uh, multiple dynamic uses throughout the week, uh, church plants, events, special needs area, student wing. It's going to be a really, really important thing. Preserving our unity as a church is going to be really important. And then safety. Um, That probably should have been on my top two, but it wasn't. Um, So those are all the reasons that we're looking at doing this. And um, So yeah, here's where we're at. Ask us questions in the next two weeks. So in two weeks from now, March 13th, we're going to have a vote of affirmation on it. And so if you have questions or concerns and things in the meantime, please bring those to the elders, uh, to the staff. We would love to process through those things. And then, like I said, two weeks from now, we'll have that vote of affirmation. And then essentially, we can start not long after that. I mean, probably not that night, but, you know, maybe even the next day, I don't know, but really soon after that, because it, with it being on the farm, it looks a little different in terms of permits and stuff like that. So we can, we can go full speed ahead at that time. So uh, let me see if there's anything else that I was supposed to say that I missed, because that's really important if I don't miss that. So that's all I got. All right, ask questions. You know me. I would love to have those conversations, even if they're hard conversations, even if you're like, whoa, I don't know about this. I want to have those conversations with you anytime, all right, except for right now, because we're going to pray and we're going to worship. But after that, I'd love to talk to you about it. All right, let's pray. Father, Uh, We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for who you are. Um, I do pray that you will give us wisdom and discernment on how to steward your resources. Um, I pray that you will bless this next step. I pray that your hand will be all over it. I pray that if there's anything that's like unclean, in our motives or whatever. I pray that you'll reveal those things to us. Father, just help us to honor you throughout the whole process. Help us to stay united throughout the whole process. And Father, I pray that your name truly will be glorified. I mean, I just, I just love to see over the years just many churches just take off in this new edition and just, man, just going to the ends of the earth and making disciples. I just pray that you'll just use it in such a, a way that like I can't even see right now. Just exponentially more than I can even consider. Father, that's our prayer. If there's things we need to repent of, pray that you'll convict our hearts in this moment. Maybe we come in with burdens about how we've read the scriptures. I pray for the encouragement the liberation, the freedom that is found when everything, everything, everything points to Christ. And I pray you'll provide that to us right now in this moment. Help us to honor you in all that we do. We love you a lot. In Jesus' name, amen.